to the ether today is monday november 14th 2022 today on the ether episode 10 of the page dow show let's take a listen hello hello good hello, morning hello, hello, good morning dylan how's it going hello. guys good morning, Hi. good morning cd good morning dylan hey do you guys say gm in real life sometimes and then i s- <laughs> Cringe. <laughs> well, I actually say it with no cringe factor. I, I will, with a straight face, walk up to someone that I know and tell them GM as if they know what that's going to mean and then and then walk right. on, you know, with a smile on my face. Yeah, like it doesn't even occur to me that that may not be something that a normie is going to totally pick up on, you know? <laughs> I actually, I did that the other day and, um, and I think they thought I was talking about General Motors. Um, <laughs> oh man, sure. it's funny. I'm I'm staying with my parents. Uh, or I, I stayed with my parents last night, and this morning I I no doubt uh, told them both GM, and and I think by this point they understand. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> great. You know, my daughter, she's she's 11. She gets it, um, but she's like a Web three native at this point, so. Um, you know, she's always confused. I am her. so jealous of her getting to grow up with this stuff, man. Like, that, it's just not even fair. She, like, comes to me and tells me, like, oh, my God, Daddy, like, these kids in my class, they don't even know what an NFT is. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's you know, probably get used to it because um, there's people out there that don't know lots of stuff. But anyway, that's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of that Rick and Morty where Rick is like, school's not a place for smart people, Morty. <laughs> There's a lot to be said there about that. Yeah, maybe not right now, though. Huh? <laughs> oh, man, there is so much going on in the world today, you guys. Like, like I mean, just literally, like, uh, so, so FTX has more or less imploded. And pretty much everybody, I think, already knows that. But that may just be because I've been on Twitter spaces literally all weekend listening to, like, you know, industry experts kind of kind of break down what's going on there. Um, and, and so I'm super excited to talk about that. But we, we should probably do some introductions first in case it's somebody's first time listening with us here today. I love it. Let's start with Riona and then you go and then I'll, I'll finish up. Does that work? Yes, that sounds, sounds good. Great. Yeah, sounds great. So, hello, everyone. I'm Rihanna Morgan, and um, whew, there is so many things going on in the world today, and I'm so excited to for the spaces today. I've been looking forward to it uh, for days. Um, so, I'm I'm gonna jump in and just say I am a Web three author. Woo woo woo! And um, 
so exciting. And I do have some novels published uh, traditionally in Web 2. Um, they're currently housed at Simon & Schuster. And I'm a romantic suspense novelist, but I'm, I'm starting a new project um, in the next week or so um, that's going to be a little different. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm also a practicing lawyer. And so if you hear me um, get riled up about something, that's just my sense of justice coming through. And I'm a, a previous um, English teacher and professor. So, yeah excited. And um, I have to tell you that CD and Dylan are some of my favorite people in the world. And I'm so glad that I get to do this with them. And they are just, they are so intelligent and so kind and so forward thinking that you are in the very right place here. So welcome everyone. And I'm going to pass it down the line here. Well, thank you so much, Rihanna. That, I mean, it's it's wonderful working with you too. Uh, you're just such a ray of sunshine. It, it's an absolute blast to to, to be able to co-host the space with you. I actually, fun fact, I, I did not realize that you were also a professor in the past until just now. So I guess we learn something new every day. Um, I, myself, uh, my name is Thomas Dylan Daniel. Um, I go by Epic Dylan online. I just think it's funny um, to have kind of like a screen name. It makes makes things. Uh, I don't know, a little bit lighter sometimes and everything. And so my subject is actually philosophy and ethics is uh, kind of my specialty within that discipline. Um, it's a really incredible place to sink your teeth in because the, the intersection between philosophy of mind and philosophy of language uh, that takes place in the ethical discipline is, is just probably the most complicated thing in the world. And, and so I'm a little bit of, a, of an engineer in some ways, I guess you could say. And, and so I just really am attracted to that complexity and, and I just love getting in there and just fighting with like the hardest problem I can find. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, like a, a nerdy way of uh, being a dragon slayer in modern times or something. Um, so, so that's kind of my backstory. And I, I, I started the page Dow with Easy and Crypto about two and a half years ago on a podcast. Um, we didn't know it was going to be called Page Dow back then, but we kind of started putting uh, one foot in front of the other until we got to this current place. Um, so I, I want to go ahead and invite Easy up to speak just in case he wants to, to come say hello, because I, I think we're going to have a, a really, really good show for you guys today with all the, the different current events that are going on and everything. Um, CD, do you want to go ahead and give yourself a brief introduction, sir? Sure. I am CD. Uh, that stands for Chris Demichio, Creative Director or Compact Disc, whichever you prefer. Um, I am the founder and editor of Vagabond Magazine. I've also you know, written a, a whole bunch of books. Uh, I just, writing is my main mode and I love storytelling. You know, I am a storyteller and a Web3 native for sure. Uh, I also, in a past life, since we're talking about academic credentials, I was an English teacher. Uh, teaching English as a foreign language, though, a little bit different than teaching in a university, but I taught in, in Morocco, Indonesia, Turkey, and, uh, you know, writing has always been my thing, though. And uh, actually, if anybody's interested in checking out my books, I usually give them away. And I, I, they're all at my website, chrisdemichio.com. So I'll post a link to that a little bit later. But uh, I'm excited about what we have going on today with the show. And I think, uh, I think we've, we got some good stuff for you guys. So let's get to it. No, do let's. Excellent, excellent. So I think, I think Dylan, you wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about what you're working on, what you're writing. 
Oh, by all means. Um, and, and I have two projects now. Uh, I, I think the last time we spoke about this, I actually only had that novel that I was working on. Um, and so that's what I'll start with. Uh, that's for National uh, Novel Writing Month, which is NaNoWriMo. And that's happening this month. Um, and honestly speaking, folks, um, I didn't get like a head start with this one. Uh, what's today? The 13th? I, I think I started it uh, the day before yesterday. So I kind of gave myself like an 11 day handicap or something on this, but that's okay because I'm making up for it by using AI. Um, so, so it'll be really interesting to see what in out the other end. Took about two hours, um, like two, two days ago, I was able to produce about five chapters and an introduction. Um, and it's just this really weird stuff, right? Like, so what I'm doing is I'm generating images uh, using Stable Diffusion, which is an AI image generator that takes text as input. Um, and so it's really natural for me to do as a writer because I, I get like these ideas and I want to write about them. And so I can kind of, I don't know, cogitate the idea into the AI generator and, you know, it gives me options. And so then I can pick the image that I, you know, that resonates if there is one um, or, you know, refine the search if, if there isn't one. Uh, I say it's a search, but it's not really a search. I guess it's the, the generation uh, process. Anyway, so, so I'm still super, super unfamiliar with all of this. So it's a great learning experience, but I, I'm happy to report that it's very fast. Um, and the thing that I'm producing is without a doubt, the weirdest thing I've ever written. But like, it is just unbelievably far out there. So, so I'm really excited to see kind of where it goes because it, it, uh, it is surprising even me. And, and I feel like all of the best things that I've written, you know, uh, in terms of fiction anyway, are things that, that like shocked me as the writer. Like, I, I don't know. Can, can you guys uh, verify? Is that, a, is that an experience that's common or is that just me? Yeah, I, I, I find that too. Like, I'm usually, my characters surprise me with the twists and the turns that they take. Now, I did some writing with an AI a while back. I wrote a, a novel called Blue-Eyed Bastards with a, an AI called Pseudo-Write. Um, and I, I found that process to be a lot like you described, like uh, it was really interesting. Definitely, there's still a role for the writer and the editor in it. But uh, but yeah, how, how are my AI ended up being uh, it, it named itself Mike Davis. And it had a really um, it was really into writing erotic literature, which my genre wasn't at all. But how are you finding your AI to be and which AI are you using, Dylan? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm actually writing all the text myself. So I'm not using anything to, to write the text, um, except, you know, just my word processor. Uh, but what I'm doing is I'm using stable diffusion to generate images. And so, so while I am technically writing a novel and there is going to be a story, I, I want the story to be very difficult to follow. And I want it to be very surreal because it's going to be uh, incorporating essentially like an art gallery. I'm, I'm, my plan is to use stable diffusion to generate a total of 100 images um, that I'll work into the body of this novel somehow. And then I have a friend who is a uh, really talented uh, kind of just general entrepreneur um, who has done a few books. I think he's done two books at this point. And, and so I want, I want to experiment with uh, the layout by getting this uh, pal of mine involved and, and see uh you know, how pretty we can make this thing and, and maybe, maybe actually have like a, a Thomas Dylan Daniel book that people want to buy for once, which would be a lot of fun. I, I really hope that that can be a, a thing that happens, you know, because I've always worked really hard at writing and I've, I've never sold very many of anything. So, <laughs> well, I've got three Thomas Dylan Daniel books on my shelf. Uh, so just so you know, 
they're there, and uh, I'm sure other people have them as well. By the way, speaking of stable diffusion and trippy images, I noticed that you have changed your PFP, and it's pretty cool, man. Can you tell us about that? Did you use stable diffusion for it? Yes, indeed. Um, I, I, I was. I don't even remember what I typed in for this one, but uh, I, I just liked it so much. I thought, ah, oh, that's a good PFP. I'm, I'm, you know what? Maybe people will start using stable diffusion and create their own profile pictures at some point. And maybe I can be one of the first ones to do it. So, boom, here we go. Went ahead and uh, put it up the other day. And, I, you know, I think people like it. I, I think people like it more than they've liked most of my other profile pictures. So, uh, I, I don't know. Take that uh, with a grain of salt, of course. <laughs> because I didn't get much feedback on any of the other ones. But, but everybody's got something to say about this one. So, I feel like it's kind of a showstopper. Um, but uh, let, let me go ahead and wrap up this little segment because I have uh, I have one other project to tell you guys about that's actually far more exciting to me than even the AI writing thing, which is kind of amazing because I am very excited about that. Um, this this other project is a project that's an essay. Um, and so for those who don't know, I primarily write essays. Like, I, I don't know why, um, but for some reason, it just is the kind of format that, that I glom onto. And this started all the way back in high school. I, I was part of a weird, nerdy thing called Academic Decathlon. And I wrote a perfect essay at one point uh, in the regional competition. And uh, ever since then, I've, I've kind of considered myself a bit of an essayist. And so there is an essay competition that's happening now. Um, and it's in the Cosmos space. Um, and basically, there's a, a user here on Twitter who is uh, holding an essay competition. And the prize is 500 Atom tokens. If uh, if you win and atoms are about, you know, 10 bucks a piece. So this is, you know, a $5,000 writing competition. Um, and, and like I, I went ahead and kind of, kind of made friends with him Cause I, I liked, uh, you know, the, the concept and everything. And, and there was, there's a really funny philosophy grad school story of uh, me and a bunch of my buddies uh, going to new Orleans and uh, you know, obviously having too much to drink and, and listening to a uh, British man read Leviathan um, on an audio book. Um, and Leviathan was written in, you know, old English, which at the time was just regular English. And it, it was just so perfect uh, to, to hear uh, this accent paired with those words, you know. So, so we, we really had a lot of fun. And uh, as a result, I, I became very, very familiar with the philosophy of Thomas Hobbes, um, which was kind of like where this whole thing started. And, and so anyway, I'm, I'm working on an essay now that I hope to unpack kind of a lot of really heavy stuff. Um, there's a book that I've had in the works since about 2014. I think of the concept as uh, worldview ethics and uh, or in the German, like, uh, well, actually, you know what? I just won't even go there. But, <laughs> um, but, but anyway, so, so this is like an old burning torch that I've been carrying for years. And, and finally, I'm, I'm going to get a chance to try to unpack it in as few, th as few words as possible, probably still several thousand um, but you know, the thing is, I, I think some people from Cosmos will be watching. Um, and I think if I, I, I think I pretty much know the ecosystem and I think I jive with it. And so, so I, I want to just go out and, you know, put a solid effort together and, and just really, uh, kind of tell the world how I really feel about, you know, this technology and this space. Um, and, and I think that's going to, you know, perhaps get some people excited about it, which is really, really cool because, on the other end of what's going on, we've got this big drama unfolding with FTX and we've got all these different financial problems. And, you know, people are saying that this is the Lehman Brothers moment for the cryptocurrency industry. And, and I think that as a space right now, uh, we could really use that bright spot of hope 
And, and so it's just uh, really exciting to me to get a chance to try to contribute uh, something that could help with that. Wow, that sounds amazing. Both of those projects sound so enticing, so amazing. And I'm so energized by hearing what you're saying. And and it just it just reaffirms how amazing this space is. <clears throat> so amazing. So amazing. Um, uh, thank you, Rihanna. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And then CD, I know that you are doing the NaNoWriMo also, just like I am too. So tell us what you've got going on. Oh man, I'm, you know, I fall in love with fiction when I write it. And, um, and these past couple of years, I've been taking a lot of the books that I've written and the stories that I've written and the, the characters I've created, and I've been revisiting them and tying them together. Like ideally, what I'd love to do is, is by the time that I die someday, to have all of the writing that I've done sort of be tied together in its own sort of like its own, I guess we could say metaverse it, to use that word differently than it usually is in this space. So I'm working on a book uh, about Hassani Saba, who was the leader of the assassins in the 10th century um, Persia. And I've made him actually uh, I'm making him the founder of the Sultanate of Babub, which is a country that I created in a book that uh, its title I just won't say for reasons now. But uh, it's it's a book about the Sultanate of Babub. Um, it's got an offensive title that I probably shouldn't have given it. So I'm about thirty five thousand words into it um, right now, and I'm really excited about the directions that it's been taking and the way that it's been going. And I've have been going to these like write-ins and these meetups for um, NaNoWriMo, you know, which for those that don't know, NaNoWriMo stands for National Novel Writing Month in November, NaNoWriMo. And the idea is that you write a 50,000 word novel, the first draft of it in one month. It's not necessarily a novel, but 50,000 words, something in one month just by writing every day and putting, um, putting the pieces together, you know, on a regular basis. And I've done this for quite a few years now, and I find it to be a really good way to sort of like uh it's i guess it's like running an annual marathon you know for for runners um in that it just like it gives me the chance to meet up with other writers it gives me the chance to like focus and and direct my writing in a in a very time consumed way or time restricted way and yeah so NaNoWriMo has been great uh for me uh, i also do want to point out that uh there's something new that we've started recently. Uh, Edward Carpenter, who, by the way, he won, he just won a competition with Riedel, which is a Web3 publishing platform for one of his short stories. So congratulations to Ed Carpenter if he's listening. But he, myself, and Cryptoversal have started to do a Thursday space. Uh, it happens at this time on Thursdays, and it's called the Web3 Writers Hour. Um, so if any of you guys are around on Thursdays, just hop on Twitter, find the web three writers hour. And we'd love to have you there talking about all things web three, not platform specific, um, but just talking about the things that affect us. So all of that. And then I will agree with Dylan that the market madness has been absolutely insane, but I find it really refreshing because I think that when we have this sort of like market downturn and this kind of change in the way that um, that markets are are looking at the world, what we get is we get a chance for builders and people who actually want to make things instead of money. Like money is one thing to make, but there's lots of other things to make as well. But 
for those of us who want to make things besides money, these downturns in the market are perfect. They're the great greatest time. The, the fees are usually lower. There's a lot more energy. There's a lot more people who have time and availability. And so I love these market downturns. I feel really badly for the people who are suffering from it. And I've, I've had losses as well. But, uh, but at the same time, I think you should always look at the bright side of these moments and find the positive in it. And the positive in this right now is this is utopia for creators. And we can all you know, gather together, that those of us that are still here, and reinforce each other and make each other stronger, better, faster, you know, brighter, you name it. All the adjectives apply. Well, well said. Well said, Ben. Yeah. Bull markets are for making money. Bear markets are for building. And I, I just want to echo your congratulations to Edward Carpenter, too. I, I hadn't heard that yet. So uh, congratulations. Uh, shout out, Mr. Edward Carpenter. Um, let's see. So, so it's 320. Should we go ahead and shift gears and get a little bit more into that, um, that, that precisely uh, financial um, sort, sort of discussion that we were uh, thinking about doing on the show today? Yeah, we definitely can. So I just wanted to jump in really quick and give a quick plug for something that I've been working on. It's a list of Web3 publishers and a list of Web3 writers. And so, and there's a way for you to, if you're a publisher, for you to add your name. And if you're a Web3 writer, there's a way for you to add your name to this list. And it's just all housed in my link tree. And I added three new publishers yesterday. So that's really pretty exciting. Um, and so please. How many total have you got? Ooh, Web3 publishers, 20 plus. Oh, my goodness. Really? There's that many out there now? I knew there would be a lot, but that, that's phenomenal. This space is growing so fast. It is. It is. It is growing so fast. It is growing so fast. And and the coolest one yesterday that I added was um, uh, haikus. All haikus. You know, with the syllable breakdown of 575 and even their their description on their Twitter page is a 575 haiku. And I was just like, well, that's really clever. <laughs> so yeah, it was really amazing. What were the other two that you added yesterday? Uh, well, and I don't have it in front of me because I'm on a different screen, of course. But if we just zip to my link tree, you can just open it right up and it'll say Web3 Publishers. And then one was a NFTs with print. Um, like making pictures out of print. And so that was really, that was really cool. Also, I thought, and so, yeah, I've just been, I've just been so excited to see all these different pieces and all these different players. And so, yeah, really exciting. Mucho bravo for your efforts to organize the space and kind of start quantifying some things too. I, I, I think it's so cool that there's going to be like lists that people can go to that they are free and open that they can use to, you know, start to establish themselves in in Web three or what Greg Younger would call right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and it was actually a conversation that Greg and I had where I was like, I have like 
seven different publishers listed and he and I were talking and he's like, well, I've got these other four, these other five. And I'm like, well, I'll just compile them and put them into a list and then I'll just share them around. And, and so I just need to get better at sharing them around so that people can drop by and see them and, and add to them and, and expound on them and share things. And so then it's kind of like a place for people to go to be like, where do I even start? Well, right there, start right there and dig around. It's one of the things that I really love about this time and this space. And, you know, when I say this space, I mean, Web3 in general is the fact that, you know, there's so many of us that are working on projects. There's Easy, there's Ed Carpenter, there's Riona, there's myself, there's Dylan, there's Paige Dow, there's Cryptoversal Books, you know, and the Riedel. And yet we're not in this competing with each other we're in this to lift each other up we're in this to help each other we all see this industry that is coming and we don't see each other as competition we see each other as like a wagon train of pioneers going into an unknown country all willing to help each other and hopefully all willing to like you know cooperate to make that country a better place for the people that might already be there too it's just something maybe the wagon trains didn't do so well but maybe we can do and um i see this a lot as the way that the whole art community gathered in 2021 and started to make NFTs and really lifted NFTs out of obscurity into something that, um, that for a while was very, very positive. But, you know, obviously there are these market downturns and things like that, but uh, it, I just love all of you guys and, and the energy that you're bringing and the knowledge that you're bringing and the experimenting that you're doing. Uh, you're all making this a better possibility for all of us. And so I just wanna say to everyone that's listening, Thank you. I agree. I just love that cinnamon. Yeah, thank you, CD. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. I I echo everything you just said, CD. E even the wagon train. Well, hopefully, we can be more like the Dutch in New Zealand, and you know, we'll make friends with the natives and and build a resilient culture that's accepting and and not you know give everybody the plague or right anything like that. Right. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. So after I after that, I really want to do jump in and want to jump in and talk about FTX topics. Um, Dylan, you said that you've spent a lot of the weekend in Twitter spaces, listening and hearing to hearing about um, all of the things that are going on. And, and then this I, I think I heard it in a read it in an article, a stunning implosion of FTX. And so I am interested in your guys's thoughts of this and, and um, what's happened. Maybe let's start with there. What's happened? Um, what's going on now? And then what, what are your guys's thoughts going forward? And so, um, yeah, please share your thoughts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so uh, here we are at the, at the big uh, elephant in the room. <laughs> um. I guess to kind of give like a quick 30,000 foot overview, um, back in March, there was a big collapse or I said March, I, I think it was actually May. Uh, anyway, maybe CD can correct me if I'm, if I got that wrong. Uh, but, but Luna in, imploded and, and what happened was someone else, uh, basically tipped it over. They, they knew how much reserves the, uh, the Luna foundation guard had on hand. Um, and they, bet on themselves to be able to invest more than that uh, to basically make a bunch of money shorting Luna all the way into the ground. Um, and I believe a total of 7 trillion Luna tokens was printed during this time. 
um, basically by a bad actor who was engaging for the sole purpose of, you know, just coming in and destroying uh, the little economic uh, setup that had been built there. Um, and so with FTX, it was um, it was not the same as what happened with Luna. Luna was actually a DeFi project. It was totally transparent. Um, and that was kind of the downfall there with FTX, uh, which was an exchange. Uh, that, you know, custodied user funds in bad faith and basically, you know, took that money and said to the users, hey, your money's still here, but, but then took that money and, and did some other stuff with it and lost it, basically um, doing some kind of crazy stuff behind the scenes. Um, so, so basically, Luna was DeFi, uh, FTX was CeFi, so centralized finance. Uh, think of it like a bank, but totally unregulated in a nutshell. Um, CD, have I got it right up to this point? What do you think, man? Um, you know, you probably know more about this than I do, Dylan. So um, it all sounds pretty much like the timeline that I've heard. Um, Easy and Crypto might have something to say, though. Yeah, so just, you know, uh, Dylan, correct. Um, FTX basically was printing their FTT coin out of thin air, um, basically saying it was backed when it wasn't. So they were printing a coin, making money off selling that when they, it was basically a giant Ponzi scheme. It's like a bank, um, you know, a web two bank is able to loan out, you know, 10 X over what they hold. Well, these guys were doing like a million X over what they hold. Um, the kind of takeaway that I would like to partially see from this is a cautionary tale for people to hold their own funds, not your key, not your crypto. Do not keep massive funds on an exchange. You use an exchange to exchange one token for another or to get some liquidity in or out, depending, and then you take it off. Uh, preferably to like a cold wallet or something. And even I don't always follow my own advice as much as I should, but this should be kind of a kick in the ass for us all to take security very seriously. I never have or would invest uh, or keep funds on something like FTX or uh, loan out my little bit of crypto, uh, you know, to leverage it and then have it taken away when, you know, a, a market crash comes. So these are just personal things that I'm taking away from this. But I would urge people to have extreme caution um, because basically this was just a, a come in, pretend to be a crypto bro and steal all the little guys monies walking away with, you know, uh, billions of dollars. Hey, thanks, Easy. Yeah, that, that sounds right to me. Um, and, and so essentially, folks, uh, what has happened here is that FTX, the exchange, was promising users that their money was still there and their money was not there. So if you were an FTX user, uh, they disallowed um, withdrawals from happening so, so that you could no longer go in and withdraw your money. Uh, there was a weird loophole, probably uh, you know, malicious, um, where, where basically they were saying if you're in the Bahamas, you can still withdraw your funds. And then I think uh, somebody basically went in and just drained it and just took all the money and the money's gone now. Uh, so pretty much if you have money in FTX, uh, you can change that to past tense and you can say you had money in FTX. It is not there anymore. Um, so, so this is one of the biggest heists in the history of crypto. 
Uh, it's been called the Lehman Brothers moment for crypto. Uh, we're still seeing just exactly how bad it is going to get. Um, but essentially, by giving FTX the custody of their tokens, by not holding that in non-custodial wallets, um, users have exposed themselves to a risk level that was much higher than what was being represented to them. And so it's very likely that there's going to be fraud charges brought against uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX. And I mean, honestly speaking, uh, his name is pretty much mud the world over. Uh, but there's some speculation that the regulators are going to have a hard time getting their hands on him because he's in the Bahamas um, and he, he might go to Dubai uh, where there's no extradition treaty for the U.S. And, and so you, you see, I've been I've been following this a lot and, and I'm really kind of uh, just, you know, watching with like my my kind of jaw dropped me on it uh, as, you know, all this insanity is playing out because FTX was like the number two or number three exchange. You know, uh, there's three big exchanges. There were Binance, there was Coinbase, and there was FTX. And now there's just Binance and Coinbase because FTX went up like, I mean, it's just unbelievably fast how 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 this wealth all evaporated. I, I believe there was an $8 billion hole on the books and chains like Aptos, Near. Um, and, and just too many others to even count, um, all were funded by FTX uh, or by Alameda Capital, which was affiliated with FTX far more closely than it you know should have been legally. Um, and, and so essentially, like last month at PageDow, we were looking into trying to get a grant from the NEAR Foundation, which is basically funded by uh, Alameda and FTX. Um, and so... We don't actually know what the stability of Near is going to be like, you know, moving forward. And, you know, it's possible that they had kind of paused grants because they knew that something was up. Um, but until the big collapse at FTX, I don't think anybody in the industry really understood uh, the extent to which uh, essentially this one entity had come in. A lot like what happened when uh, 3AC blew up this spring along with Luna. Um, because, you know, th th this is not just uh, an organization that has, you know, like the equivalent of a bank account with a bunch of money in it. No, it's more like a network. And, and it, so, so they're taking money in here and then they're giving it out here, here and here in the hopes of creating a return on that investment. Um, and I, I, it just it really remains to uh, be seen just exactly how many dominoes are going to collapse and how far the reach is going to be. But there's even some speculation that this could actually bleed into traditional, uh, excuse me, finance um, and actually do uh, damage in like the global banking system. So it's so outside of uh, the crypto industry itself. Um, and, and so lots and lots and lots and lots of damage. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly uh you know, how it's all going to shake out. But I've just been watching like super excitedly because I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, you know, in, in fact, I, I would say that the Luna collapse was actually, you know, in, in some ways less dramatic <laughs> um, than this FTX uh, collapse has been. So, Well, the there's definitely a lot more fallout that we'll be hearing about because a lot of um, and as you mentioned, even outside of the space, but in the space, a lot of projects um, and platforms had funds in FTX, um, you know, thinking that they like they were saying, oh, that we, you know, we have all this money to basically back the tokens. Um, now, a little bit of a difference between, for example, Coinbase and FTX is Coinbase is registered in the States and, and it's, um, you know, 
it's it's basically um oh god brain fart um um god what's the word total brain are you trying fart. to say collateralized uh, it's more like they actually more have the asset it's more regulated coinbase being being in the state so there is more oversight there um so it you know essentially it should be a safer uh exchange to use versus something that's completely unregulated um binance you know i think has had a pretty decent track record they're not uh registered in in the us and so they they have uh less regulation here um but yeah the fallout is 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 yet to come um you know sam sam shithead is also uh, i mean and i don't know how much of this is absolutely fact or not i've seen plenty of articles talking about his deep ties to uh you know let's say governance um here in the states uh and so he was kind of trying to work with regulators but the whole thing was a scam i mean I wouldn't be surprised if this was basically a setup to shit on crypto um, so that either larger, um, you know, corps can get in on the cheap, tarnish the reputation, push stuff out of ways. So there's more time to, you know, uh, muddle around with your CDCs and all that. So, you know, who knows how deep the conspiracy kind of angle would go. Uh, but it's definitely a, a travesty uh, for a lot of people. Um, you know, anybody that had funds on that exchange. Well, no doubt. Yeah. For, for, for the folks who had funds on the exchange, for the folks who were funded by the corrupt VCs that were also in bed with, uh, this operation on this exchange that was, uh, going so bad. And yeah, I mean, like, let, let's be real though. I, I mean, nobody in the world is smart enough to set this up. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to push back on the conspiracy angle with you because I, I really think that this is a dude's ego going astray you know and, and i do see like him like getting in bed with regulators and stuff but he was doing all kinds of shady stuff like trying to like aggressively pursue litigation against his competitors in the space and and the guy is just an asshole he, he really thought that like the end of like whatever effective altruism is or whatever he meant by that he thought that it justified him going out there and being as big of an asshole as you can possibly be to absolutely everyone and i just want to say fuck you to him because i mean jesus like there just is no call for that like at the end of the day the point of ethical behavior and the point of like being nice to each other is that we can cooperate together and build a better world together and this dude came in and in the name of the same end basically shit on everyone else in the space that's trying to work together and cooperate and so he's just a douche. Like he just, he was wrong. He was stupid. I can't believe anybody ever trusted him a bit, you know, and, and we just need to do better as a space, really. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> ranting here. I feel like you guys are laughing. You're, you're ranting a, a little bit, off. but I'm, I'm going to jump in there for a second. Um, I think the best thing to come out of this whole thing was that commercial that FTX paid Larry David to make for the Super Bowl last year, where Larry David basically refused to do a commercial unless he could actually like say that uh, FTX and crypto was a scam, <laughs> which I think, you know, what we've got out of this is we've got that Larry David is actually uh, one of the smartest motherfuckers alive. But uh, oh, I love anyway, that. uh there's a, there's a you mentioned VCs and I think that this this and the Del Quan stuff um, and what's happening with Elon and Twitter I think all of that is essentially um, 
a, a very good example of the old axiom that has a first part, but I'll just say the second part, which is that pigs get slaughtered. Um, ultimately, these con artists and con men have all been playing on people's greed. They've been telling people the story, you know, if you don't put the money in now, you're going to miss out on these huge gains. You're going to miss out on this. You know, you have to do it now. They play with the FUD and the FOMO and the, you know, getting people anxious and thinking that they're going to miss out. And this is life-changing generational wealth. And, you know, we all fall for it to some extent, but what we have to all be is extremely careful. And, And the old axiom of if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You know, it applies to things like Uber that has really never, um, never really would have made a profit if it hadn't have had just tons and tons of money dumped into it. The same with Airbnb, same with, you know, all of these companies that have been funded by these Silicon Valley, Sand Road uh, VCs who just had tons of money to dump, you know. And my, my dad, we used to go to Las Vegas because my dad was a musician. And he would always point at the casinos and be like, you know how much electricity and money it costs to light up Las Vegas like this? Where do you think that money comes from? And I'd say the casinos. And he's like, no, it comes out of the people that go into the casinos. So I'm grateful to him for that lesson that like all of these VCs, all of these like crypto hedge funds, all of this stuff, that money is coming from somewhere. And it's usually from someone who's thought they could double their paycheck or win a big chicken dinner for Saturday night when they didn't have one. And that's the sad part of all of this, but that's my two cents on all of this. Um, I think Larry David is a great, um, a great person to look at and think like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Oh, well said. I mean, and my dad would just love you for that too. I mean, Larry David's awesome. Well, um, let, let me ask you this, GD. So, so uh, you, you mentioned like the casinos, and you mentioned like uh, Las Vegas, and and like I definitely see the parallels there. Um, but but like, what exactly is it about like sort of the financial side of of crypto uh, that, that you see um, kind of kind of functioning in that way? Because because I mean, it's obvious to me that that we can do it without that. And the reason that that it's obvious to me that you can launch a cryptocurrency without making it a scam. Uh, is that we launched the page token, which is just not a scam. And it hasn't really taken off. It hasn't really gone anywhere. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's a token that's a social token within the DAO. And it signifies either having created something um, and and like contributed to the DAO, or it it signifies that you've, you know, basically put ETH into the liquidity pool and, you know, contributed to the DAO financially that way. Um, And and so there's kind of like this... uh, I, I don't know. When, when we were setting the token up, we, we had to think really hard about how to make it not be a security. Um, so we haven't ever sold it to anybody um, as an organization. And like that, that was kind of step one. Uh, but then there's also this whole thing where you have to build utility into the token. And so we're kind of taking a really gradual approach to it and we're bootstrapping it as opposed to raising a bunch of money by selling some of it. Um, because basically if we were to raise a bunch of money by selling some page token, what would happen is that we would end up with this partner, uh, who was, you know, probably going to turn out to be Alameda, um, or, or somebody like that, that was going to just absolutely destroy our project by coming in and insisting that we do a bunch of unethical stuff to, you know, force people to come into the casino and buy the token. Um, but, but like, so taking it like a step back and maybe unwinding some of that in terms of like, you know, what it means to like be the person that's created a cryptocurrency for the end user, 
Um, but like, what, what's the best way to avoid the casino half of the crypto industry, which is actually probably more like 95% of the crypto industry because of these people that have been coming in and, uh, you know, really kind of amping up the, the level of, of pressure on everybody to try to just go make a zillion dollars and, and do all that stuff. Okay, well, my, um, you know, my economic and political viewpoints are, are my own, and, and I don't necessarily expect anybody else to agree with them. Um, in fact, I expect most people to disagree. But I think that we are living in this age of exploitive capitalism, where we've sort of glorified the idea that if you can make a buck off of someone, um, then that's a win, no matter what effect that has on the person you're making a buck off of. For me, I think that that's that's wrong. I think there should always be an ethic involved in how you're making money, you know? Um, so, but we do live in this age where if you allow people to have an, if, if they're allowed to set the, uh, the returns on the slot machines, for example, um, and how much it pays back to the players, they're going to raise that up to the maximum amount they can so that the house is making the most money. And the same thing has happened in the crypto casino, um, which we can call it. Like the the VCs and the financiers and the predatory capitalists have come in and they've raised up the bar in the NFT world, in the crypto world. They've raised it up as high as they can and they keep pushing the limits to see how much they can steal before they get pushed back. Um, and that's what all the regulation and stuff has been about. You know, The only two exchanges that I've used regularly have been uh, Coinbase and Gemini. And the reason for that is because they have jumped through all of the regulatory hoops, all of the U.S. regulations to like ensure that, um, that they're compliant. And those regulations, conspiracies aside, I think that those regulations are generally there to help protect people who don't know enough to protect themselves. Um, so in answer to your question, Dylan, I, I think Satoshi Nakamoto uh, the reason why it, we've made him a saint in bald Jesusism, and you know, other people like have such high esteem for this this possible person, is because he created a cryptocurrency, created a huge amount of wealth, and never cashed out a dime. And that's sort of what it takes in order for a, a cryptocurrency to have that basis of ethics. Is it takes a founder who either, for whatever reason, disappears, is taken away by aliens, dies before they get a chance to access the wallet, but basically doesn't give any of those people that want to come in and, and be predators, doesn't give them the chance to come in and set the odds on those machines. Um, there's a couple other coins that I think have done it really well. There's probably more than, than a few. Um, the other one that I really like and have always liked is, is Digibyte. And Digibyte has, you know, the founder of Digibyte stepped away from it um, without without taking control, without leaving the means for, for people to like um, exploit it. So it's never really caught on that one, but um, but I, I do feel like the community there has that same ethos and ethic. So that's what I think it takes. I think what you, you've done with PageDAO is impressive. And I, and I think that Page as a token is really cool because you've given it utility, um, the community has given it utility, and we've created you know ways for it to be used without turning it into a security, without turning it into a slot machine. And that's that's rare. And it's also powerful. I, I've tried to do the same thing with the Balds token, which is the governance token in, in my Discord. And um, yeah, so kudos on Page and, and Page token. And also, maybe we got really lucky by missing out on those grants earlier this year, too. Isn't that just the funniest thing in the world? I mean, it, it, 
I, I don't know. So sometimes I get so mad that it's like so difficult to to put together two cents to to run this fucking project that just absolutely needs to be built. And there's just no question that it's the right thing to do such that so many of us will come and donate our fucking time to it, but we can't raise money to pay ourselves to do it better. I I don't know. It's just absolutely nuts. Uh, But at the, at the end of the day, (laughs) work for somebody that really wants us to go in and extract a bunch of value and be total dicks to the people that we're trying to help. You know, so so I, I think at the end of the day, there's um, there's definitely a lot to be said for just the the sort of uh, I, I don't really want to call us a zombie, but like the 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 sloth, you know, methodology that we've got, where like sure we haven't really, you know, uh, created anything super amazing. We damn sure don't have like a billion dollar market cap or anything like that. But at the same time, like like they're you know. They, it's like one of those star Wars battles, you know, and there's like these huge cruisers exploding all around us and we're fine. You know, like like there's nothing that's going to stop us from getting to where we're going because we're not making deals with the devil out here. You know, we're, we're, we're doing it the right way. We're bootstrapping it. We're going slow because we got it because we can't afford to go faster yet, you know, and we'll get there when we get there, you know? And and so I I think that's, uh, I mean, really like at the end of the day, like, like, there is an honest way to build a cryptocurrency economy. There is an honest way to build a Web3 ecosystem. It just maybe doesn't involve going out and raising $100 million of other people's money that you then have to pay back. You know, I, I think it kind of shows that there's a problem with the VC model, which is that, you know, people have Bingo. all the incentive in the world to go out and just be total jerks, you know? And, and it's like, come on, like, like we're, we all have to live on this planet together. Like, why, why are we setting up these incentive structures to, to make us nastier? to each other it doesn't make any sense and and so it's really good to be part of a, a movement that, that that is aiming to transform that for the better um but i do want to say we've got 12 minutes left on the show sorry for uh rambling so much but i definitely had to get out that rant so uh <laughs> i'm inviting some other folks up to the stage and if anybody has questions or wants to talk to us about how their week's going or anything feel free to do it well, let me throw this out there before that, uh, Dylan, and and that is that the VC model. You've worked in the startup world just as like I have, and the VC model is completely broken. I mean, I've known great founders who had great companies and great products, and they accepted that VC cash. And like you said, it is a it is oftentimes like making a deal with the devil because the VCs need to extract that investment and they need to make the company profitable. I've seen great startups that had a really good chance of making a positive impact in the world, um, completely pushed to the limits to where, you know, they were making money, but they were no longer doing what was important. And that breaks founders. And then when founders break, the companies break. So I think that, that that's, that's the big part of the problem is that the, the VC model itself is very, very broken. Uh, but with that, yes, let's hear from uh, our other friends in the audience. And I'm going to shut up now. Brianna, how how are you? Um, I haven't heard from you in a while. Greg, welcome to the stage. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, please don't be put off by my ranting. I promise I'm done. <laughs> no, no. It was so enlightening to hear all of that. And it just reiterates how glad I am that I am part of this space and how glad I am that I am part of PageDAO and how glad that I am that I found um, you guys somehow or another. And um so I, I am, I am in, in, I am in. Um, and so not to necessarily talk too much about, um, my other job, but my practicing attorney, I'm a bankruptcy attorney. 
And um, listening to all of this that you were talking about, how it's, you know, the little man, the giants stand on the backs of the little man, right? And it's those people with their <clears throat> hard work and um, effort and, you know, all of the things that they do, you know, they live most of the time you will find that people live paycheck to paycheck and 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 sometimes they're they're borrowing from the future paycheck to to make it through the current paycheck and um there i can tell you that i have had several clients who have been terrified of this this situation this implosion that has happened because they did um invest and they did believe and they did think and it's just um, awful, awful, and far-reaching, more so than we can even imagine right now. Yeah, I can I can echo that. Um, it's it's two worlds. It really is. It's like you know what we're doing, which is focusing on building and creating and telling stories and helping each other. Um, and and then there's this other world where it's all about you know, making money and turning things into money and, and turning things into crypto that can be turned into money and power. And um, it, it, it really, you come to a fork in the road and you need to decide to, to go left or to go right. Um, and, and, and I mean, it, it all, it's all, you know, impacts everything else. It's like, you know, well, we're, we're building things over here on this side and the, the earth is moving under our feet because crazy stuff is happening on the other side. But, um, I, I think we're in the right place and I think we're in the right place at the right time. Uh, and just, you know, just keep going, doing what we're doing. I'm, I'm doing the NaNoWriMo. My version of it is NAV, non-fungible RIMO. Uh, every day I'm uh, using the world as a prompt to make um, AI-generated art and a story to go with it that continues the ongoing spooky happenings this month. Uh, that started on on Halloween and in the uh, in the world of Wordler Village uh, and and developing uh, and deepening the lore in in that story world uh, to make it ready for uh, the end of the month when the uh, when the co-author licenses are available and people can jump in and it'll be really there's some really exciting stuff coming out on a website I'm working on and so much that that, that I'm going to be um, announcing. Uh, very soon. Uh, so much. That's so good to hear, Greg. I, I'm so glad the Worthless Project is still coming along. Hey, Easy, do you want to jam about uh, Pass the Pin for a second? I, there's some big stuff happening on that front, isn't there? Uh, well, yeah, we, we pretty much wrapped up uh, the current Pass the Pen uh, with Hooligan, who had a, a really cool idea to do this kind of prequel story to his hip-hop NFT that he dropped. Um, the they've been pretty slow attendance wise lately so since we kind of just wrapped this one up i'm actually thinking trying to get some feedback maybe reschedule for another time of day probably still on friday uh, maybe something earlier and uh so we will probably have a couple weeks off here while we kind of reiterate the the timing uh but there are a few people that are interested in coming and 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 doing them and we may also do a uh, a reading in a spaces 
of the one we finished uh, to try and maybe reach a, a, a little larger of a crowd to be able to enjoy, you know, kind of hearing what we've come up with so far. Uh, but definitely, you know, is, is, a, is a big passion and uh, will, it will continue. Just got to do a little bit of revamp on kind of up the uh, up the interaction with the community there. Oh, man, you'd love to hear it. Dude, how's Easy's Corner going? Uh, are you doing that again this evening? Oh, yeah. That's uh, every Monday. I mean, that one's been running for, whew, I think, over two years. Every Monday with, you know, a couple off from, you know, whatever, getting COVID and whatnot. But, yeah, that's uh, every Monday. I got uh, Abel coming on, really, really amazing musician who's uh, done a lot in Web3. I mean, he had NFT go up at, like, Christie's or Th Sotheby's or something. So going to be a good one today for sure. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so you're getting like famous artists and stuff on there. All right, everybody go check out Easy's Corner. Uh, where, where can uh, people join the uh, the show on, on later today, Easy? Uh, Token Smart at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. And if you give me a sec, I think I can plug the tweet right up into the top so it's nice and easy for people to find. Um, I'm just scrolling here, but I'll throw that right up in here. Uh, so everybody has a quick link to it in about, oh, five or 10 seconds, something like that. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I just love how prolific this group is. I, I think everybody on the stage has their own, uh, show at one point or another that they do. Uh, so, so CD is doing, uh, on Thursdays, um, what, what's the title of your new show? Uh, is it web three writers? The Web3 uh, Writers Hour. And that's me, Cryptoversal, and, and Ed Carpenter. Okay. Oh, man, that's really cool. Yeah, so, so we've got two of the hosts of the Web3 Writer Hour. And then um, Riona is doing uh, Roving with Riona on Fridays uh, as well. Um, yep, so that's so right. just an excellent, prolific group we got here, folks. <laughs> oh, there's a special space I'm going to be co-hosting soon. Let me just go check my messages so I can give you guys the right information. It's going to be uh, Stella Bell, Rizzle, and myself hosting. And that is, I believe, this Friday. Yeah, November 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, and we're going to be talking about, like, just being safe out here in crypto. Oh, man, it is the right time for that. Not your keys, not your crypto. Remember that, folks, and uh, be very careful about what you do with your private keys. There is a lot of uh, different stuff that could potentially go wrong there. So it requires a lot of care and a lot of diligence, and um, there are good ways to do it. Um, the, the ledger is a wonderful device that helps you to make sure that nobody else can sign your transactions for you, and it helps you manage that private key. So, so uh, you know, there's that. There's there's obviously redundancy. If if you can keep your wealth or your assets distributed across different wallets, um, that's a strategy so that each individual wallet can potentially be compromised, but it doesn't completely take you out. Um, that actually saved me from uh, losing my whole net worth in a hack that I suffered last year. Um, but but really and truly, uh, if you go around to uh, the veteran crypto people. You're going to meet a lot of folks who have been hacked in one way or another, and uh, it all really does come back to that hard problem of how do you manage your private keys and how do you uh, resist the various different uh, forces in the world that would like to either get in there and take your money from you or, you know, do something else uh, that you don't want them to be able to do. Right, right. That's all really good advice, making certain that your, your assets are safe. Yep. Yep. 
All right. Well, um, let's see. What else? We, uh, we've got a couple of minutes here. Um, so this has been the PageDAO show. If you want to join the PageDAO, we sell membership NFTs. Those are at membership.nftbookbazaar.com. You can go pick one up for 50 Matic um, on Polygon, or you can get one on Evmos uh, for 12 and a half Evmos, which is right now like 15 bucks or something. So, uh, so that's a cheaper way to uh, pick up that NFT and get in. And we got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. We got an open source project we're uh, building out with a number of different, uh, you know, developers who are working on various different technologies to help people put their books on the blockchain. Uh, in addition to that, we've got this writing contest that we've done. We've got a mentor that's been out for about a year. We've got the page token cryptocurrency in our Discord server. Um, and, and really, things are just blowing up around the page now. So uh, I highly encourage you, if you're listening to this, to, to come get involved in our Discord, follow us on Twitter, uh, jump on the spaces if you want to at some point, and, uh, you know, just follow along because, you know, really, really we've been uh, working on Web3 uh, publishing for about two and a half years at this point, and, and it just, uh, it has never been moving forward faster than it is right now with all the different folks that are part of it and all the all the different folks that are uh, helping new writers come in and, and uh, make a home here in Web3. So uh, I guess that's kind of my closing remarks. CD, Rihanna, you, got, you guys got anything else? Just have a great week, everyone. Aloha. Yep. Have a great week, everyone. Be safe out there. Peace, love. Whippy! Whippy! <laughs> have a great week. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was episode 10 of The Page Dow Show. Recorded on Monday, November 14th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo, I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back, doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack, not everybody's always in it for the money, looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday, so you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods, amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, the sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small, many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that. For the actual artists, they say they're making pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happens When people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom Just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth Like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through When I'm making my music
Chamber Spaces.